strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today's episode is the Casket Girls of New Orleans. It's not Jen and Robin? I feel like we should be the Casket Girls of New Orleans. I don't know if you want to be the cast girl after I tell you the story. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but I love a good graveyard story. I love a good New Orleans story. And New Orleans, both. So this doesn't really have anything to do with the graveyard. So oh. I don't want to get your hopes up. So a casket girl, originally known as Feliz à la Cassette, or woman with suitcases, traveled to the French colonies in America from France. They arrived in the New World with a trunk or a cassette that contained their belongings. The word cassette more morphed into casket over time and then translated to casket. Hmm. The filets a la cassette were some of the original mothers of New Orleans. And this is their story. The word casket brings up some odd images that are different from the suitcases that these ladies were known to carry with them to the New World. They're small, and that was because the women needed to carry them without assistance if need be. Of course, throughout history, there are drawings of these casket girls having large suitcases big enough to carry a body. But that's how all legends are made, through some sort of exaggeration. 100%. By the time these storytellers and illustrators told their stories of the casket girl, their suitcases brought on a whole new perspective. Why did these young women bring caskets with them to the New World? Did their luggage contain more than just dresses and petticoats? Paranormal fiction writers love old New Orleans with the mix of Catholicism and voodoo set in a location influenced by Africans, French, British, Spain, and Asian cultures. So it's normal for writers and artists to use their imagination, especially when it comes to vampire tales. Hmm. So I'm already going to tell you. I definitely want to be a casket girl. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where you're going with this. But if it has to do with vampires, caskets, New Orleans, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. It's not I bad. read every Anne Rice book. I am built for this. I am ready. Most of the vampire themed stories centering on the Phillies focus on two things. The caskets and the convent. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Curious. The founders in New Orleans were explorers, trappers, and traders who established three main outposts along the Gulf Coast, Mobile, Biloxi, and later New Orleans. Because the early explorers were mostly male, Catholic priests in the region became concerned that without the wives, the future of Christian evangelism in the French territory was at risk of being extinct. So they turned to the bishops and mayors of French port cities, who gladly agreed to empty their jails and their brothels. This became the transportation of the undesirable woman. Hmm. These women did not make good domestic partners for the colonial man. The priests then sought out other alternatives. They asked King Louis IV for help. The king tasked the Bishop of Quebec with appealing to convents or orphanages in France. They sought out young women who they could contract to come to the colonies. The bishop's expectations were that virtuous women from the convents were to be good candidates for marriage. And so the casket girls were contracted to be the wives of the men of the colonies. So they took them out of convents where they would be... Or orphanages. Nuns or orphanages, which... Mm -hmm. So you can go so deep on this. Mm -hmm. My husband's grandmother was actually purchased from an orphanage to be 
her husband's second wife. That Are was you in shitting Pu- me? and that was in Puerto Rico. So in the but 30s, he, but he's not Puerto 20s. Rican. So he was he sent yes. to Puerto Rico because she was there. So he had moved from I believe Argentina to Puerto Rico and he had his first wife there and they had a family. He left her because he needed a newer younger wife to have more children with. And so his natural inclination was to go get one at the orphanage. So my husband's grandmother was purchased from an orphanage to be the wife. To raise more children because she was to have more children. There I think that his grandfather fathered something like thirty to forty children. Holy fuck. The entire like very western side of Puerto Rico, um, Cabo Rojo, is like littered with his family members. It's pretty it's pretty impressive. But apparently that's a great place to find a wife, especially obedient, you know, taught young, right? Get them young, raise them right. I'm, I'm. So, yeah. So, I mean, convents is a little bit different, but we'll talk about orphanages. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. this a yeah, yeah. later. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue about Sorry, that. Sorry, sidetrack, sidetrack. I'm surprised I've never told you that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just saying it wasn't completely unheard of that uh, oh, no, men I, would get. I know that. I know that. But knowing that. For wives. But knowing that. People did I so have until. A, I, I have a relationship with someone that has yeah. this kind of following. It's, and it's it actually, went, it's, very, it's very interesting. And it went on until the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So, Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to (laughs) podcasts on. Yeah, podcasts, homecasts. Your your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Anyway, the women traveled to Mobile in 1704. They came on the merchant ship called Pelican, and the city of Mobile affectionately referred to these women as the Pelican Girls. A few of these women moved to New Orleans as part of the migration to the larger city. The second group of marriageable women arrived in Biloxi in 1719, then New Orleans in 1728. New Orleans was 10 years old currently, and it was thriving. Ursuline nuns from Rouen, France, came to New Orleans around 1727, and it was their mission to educate these women of the colony and even jealousize the natives. These nuns took charge of the filets of cassette, and they lived with the nuns until they were married off to the men of the colony. Word of this new world broke out in Europe, and many women started to ask questions of this new life in America. The nuns wanted to reduce their numbers of girls in their care, so women contracted the men directly, who then arranged their trip. They traveled from their homes to the port cities in France and then took ships to America. Oh, so they were the first mail-order brides. (laughs) Pretty much. 
These women would then find themselves waiting for months for the next ship. The passage across the Atlantic took months. The ships usually stopped in Haiti. After picking up supplies and drinking water, the ships then pushed into the Gulf of Mexico. The passage was a difficult one. Several of them died from yellow fever and other travel-related diseases. Most of the Catholic girls didn't see much of their spouses. French women were used to working at convents and orphanages, and so now they took over the households. The men of the colony in the 1720s and 1730s were fur trappers and traders. The trappers spent long periods of time away from home, collecting the merchandise that they would then sell for export. The traders took the manufactured goods that came in from Europe to the farms, plantations, and outposts to sell, so they were also traveling. The climate of the colony also required a good bit of adjustments for these women. The weather was hot, and the clothing they brought over from France was very heavy and constricting for their new climate. They adapted to the city as they established households and as they raised their children. So I'm going to go back to the Ursuline sisters, the nuns that I talked about before. Mm -hmm. The Ursulines have a long history in the city of New Orleans. As early as 1726, King Louis XV of France decided that three Ursuline nuns from Rouen should go to New Orleans to establish a hospital for poor sick people and to provide education for young girls and wealthy families. Fourteen nuns took part in the long journey to New Orleans. The names of the seven are known. There is Sister St. Augustine, Sister Angelique, Dame Jude, Mother Francois Exfier, Madame Caviel from El Bouffe. There were two postulant sisters, Sister La Massif and Marie Madeleine Hacquard from Rouen. So Marie Madeleine Hacquard described their travel and their arrival in New Orleans in letters sent to her father who stayed in Rouen that were published by Antoine Le Provost from the same city. The trip lasted for five months instead of the three months that they were guaranteed. They arrived in New Orleans in January of 1727 and were temporarily housed in one of the larger houses of the younger city. Convinced that the education of women was essential to development of the civilized, spiritual, and just society of New Orleans, the Ursuline sisters influenced culture and learning in New Orleans by providing an exceptional education for girls and for the women. They founded the Ursuline Academy in 1727. It was the first boarding school in Louisiana, educating a number of Catholic, Hispanic girls and women from socially privileged families in Central and South American countries. During the War of 1812, the Ursulines turned the classrooms into infirmaries for the sick and wounded of both the British and American armies. It is one of the three academies sponsored by the Ursuline Sisters of the Roman Union, Central Province. The Ursulines also began the first school of music in New Orleans. The Ursulines established an orphanage in the convent and one of the first hospitals in New Orleans. They worked in health care and treated malaria and yellow fever among the slave population. The hospital usually had from between 30 to 40 patients, most of them soldiers. The first pharmacist in the United States was an Ursuline woman, Sister Francois Xavier, who practiced in New Orleans in the early 1700s. In 1734, their first building, the three-story half-timber structure, was completed. The unprotected timbers of the Colombage construction, which is the half-timber home, however, proved impractical in the humid, semi-tropical climate of South Louisiana. With, Would she rot? With the deterioration apparent a dozen years after the building was actually completed. 
1745, plans for a new building were laid out and to be... In 1745, plans for a new building were laid out to be constructed adjacent to the existing structure. The first convent was dismantled, and the newer one was built, with some of the material that was reused. The second building was completed in 1751. It was designated as a National Historic Landmark in 1966. Nice. The nuns moved to the Ursuline Convent in the Ninth Ward of New Orleans in 1823, given the old French Quarter structure to the city's bishop. The convent premises in the Ninth Ward were in turn sold to the city in the 1910s, and the land was then used as part of the route for the Industrial Canal. The nuns moved to newer quarters on the Nashville Avenue in uptown New Orleans, where they are still located today. The order continues their mission of educating women in New Orleans to this day. So what does this convent have to do with the casket girls? I'm waiting (laughs) ever so patiently to know what um, the nuns, the convent, the casket girls, and vampires have to do with one another. I'm ready. I'm waiting. (laughs) Bated breath. So the casket girls have another legend with their name. So imagine what these settlers thought as they saw a ship coming into port with young, beautiful women escorted by nuns followed by deckhands as they carried their suitcases or what some thought were coffins off a ship. Shortly after the Cassock Girls arrived in New Orleans, the death rates doubled. Many believed that the Cassock Girls smuggled vampires over from Europe in their caskets. And to this day, the original caskets are still stored in the attic of the Ursuline Convent. Why? (laughs) It's still there. Why are they just keeping them? Exactly. It's because... They brought vampires, and vampires require their homeland to be near them, the earth of their homeland. Earth. But when the nuns brought these cases to the attic, a day later, someone discovered that they were empty. Well, yeah. Fearing that something paranormal was afoot or supernatural. The nuns bolted the attic door and used nails that were blessed by the Pope to seal the attic windows, which were shuttered, which is different than any other building in the French Quarter. But one of the windows has a strange habit of opening in the middle of the night. In 1978, 250 years after the Cassock Girls arrived in New Orleans, a couple of amateur investigators decided to see what this mysterious window was all about. They were denied access to the attic of the convent by the archbishop, but that didn't stop them. They climbed up the convent wall and spent the night waiting for the window to open. The next morning, their decapitated bodies were found on the steps of the convent. Shut your mouth. No way. 80% of their blood had been drained. No. And no blood was found on the ground. No. Their murders have never been solved. No. Come on. When was that? What year? 1978. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> so they have these suitcases that look like coffins. Mm-hmm. When they arrive. That are so- in the attic. So imagine them getting off a ship, loading these casket form suitcases onto a chariot or a horse and carriage. Sure. Because going they, to town. Right. They, and they, they put them in there because they're long and thin and they're easier mm-hmm. to carry because they're not so bulky and dense. So you get a little more like leverage. And so now we're at the convent and they take, they move into the convent because- right. The, Why the, they... the nuns are holding them and, tr- and kind of training them to be because sure. they are 
orphans. But why or... are they putting them in the attic? That's, I guess, their storage unit is in the attic. Because if you think okay. the basement might be more of a and storage so... for food and water and right. like whatever. So... so the attic was for all these other things that these girls couldn't keep in a really or small Or just they left quarters. behind. Right. So they put them in the attic. Why are they closing them up with nails blessed by the Pope? Mm-hmm. Fucking why? And why did the... I mean, I guess the reason, a good reason, a logical reason why the death toll doubled was because this huge influx of people came and With other brought diseases significant disease. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're on, like, well, I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Okay. But the nails of the Pope. Like, the nails why? of the Pope were nailed into the and shutters. Then, and the shutters were closed in the windows. So it was very noticeable throughout the entire French Quarter. And then quarter they opened. Because it, it was only that one structure in that one building that had these solid closed windows as but opposed to all the other French quarters They that supposedly open opened all the time. That, every night. There was one window that continued to and open. And then these people. These amateur investigators were Did denied. they find both parts? Did they find their head and the body? I don't know. It was mm. left off. It was left at that that they were decapitated bodies, but their blood had been like, their blood's gone. There's no evidence of any blood splatter or blood pooling on their bodies that was left on the stairs of the convent when they clearly climbed a wall to just kind of hang out on a rooftop to look at this one window to see if it was going to open or not. Was there like razor wire or something where they could have fallen and like? I don't like it. <laughs> Another theory was that the Cassin girls. Not only were smelling vampires, but then themselves were vampires. But this can come in the daytime or the nighttime. But this can be easily explained because first there were witnesses of some of these girls coughing up blood while on the ship up to America. Consumption. But this can be easily debunked by all the diseases that were on board during their voyage. Another thing they said were that the girls were extremely pale when they arrived in port. Well, you would be too if you spent six months on a boat below deck as a proper and young virtuous woman that were kept away from all the other passengers you were like a secret you were given food and also you're coming you had from breaks. france and going to new orleans which yeah. is much more tropical so people are a lot tanner they're a lot tanner absolutely i mean if you took me to new orleans they'd be like oh oh you're a vampire. vampire absolutely for sure but seeing and cough up blood being escorted by nuns and carrying large coffins vampires was pretty much the most logical explanation i mean clearly the most logical yeah it's like they were they were damned ladies sent from france needing help from god and were kept in convent to looked over by nuns and i mean this this makes perfect sense especially in the 1700s i'll take it yeah but the Catholic girls that brought the vampires to the city is a legend that still haunts the streets of new orleans today it is still a story you walk down you always know about the Catholic girls there's actually a parade that happens about the Catholic girls are all in white. It's it's a thing. And I reiterate, Robin, you know me. Why did you say I wouldn't want to be a Casca girl? <laughs> you, yeah, I know. You would. <laughs> I would totally want to be a Casca girl for any of these reasons. A, leave France, come to America for adventure. B, smuggling vampires. C, vampire myself. Mm, huh? 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 Live in all a three. convent until you're well enough to be a wife. Have a have so a hot fur trapper. I'm in a fur trapper. Have children. You're well. Yeah. You know, like everything is great. You have a roof over your head. You're making money. You are establishing this culture. You and are my brewing. husband's almost always you out are of town. Start. 
You are starting New Orleans. It's actually a really good gig. I mean, I think it's a good gig. Or I brought vampires. Or I'm a vampire myself. Mm -hmm. All the above, I'm in. Any of these things, I'm in. First male at her bride, bringing vampires, vampire myself. Any of those things, I'm about it. Living that life. All right. I'll tell your husband. (laughs) He knows that. He's aware. (laughs) He knows he married casket girl. He's aware. (laughs) So it's hard to say why the vampire myth has struck around for so long. Maybe it was with the Anne Rice novels that sparked the old legend and brought it back to life. Could be the two decapitated bodies. Maybe. I mean... But what we do know is that the Cassock girls went on to create some brilliant marriages in their initial years in the French Quarter. And it is said that almost all of New Orleans can trace their lineage back to one of the women sent from France to become the French Creole's brides. So that is the story of the Cassock girls, the vampire smugglers that brought lineage to New Orleans. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring. <laughs>